Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Can you give God one more shout of praise today? You may be seated this morning. Good to have you today here in a service. I know we've got a lot of people that are on vacation, a lot of people at Christmas holidays and all that stuff, so we thought we could probably get everybody in, in one service, and it looks like we were very, very able to do that today. So um, thank you for being here. And it's good sometimes to be together, amen? Some of you this morning probably found out that there's some people that goes to church here that you didn't even know because you never see them because you go at 9, they go at 11. So uh, I am glad you're here today. I want uh, to finish the, uh, the series entitled Next um, today. I will finish it today. We're going to look at uh, our mission here at Remnant Church. It's threefold. Relationship with Christ, relationship with each other, and relationship with our community. And I want to talk about relationship with Christ real quick. And I say real quick because it hadn't been real quick. And I want to finish this today. So relationship with Christ. This is a few things I want you to know. First and foremost, I want you to know that relationship with Christ is for all people. First John chapter 2 verse 2. It says he himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. But not just for your sin, and not just my sin, but of the entire world. Are you with me? For the entire world, he is the sacrifice for our sins. Not only is it for all, but it's by grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says this, For you are saved by grace. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. Let me just stop right there. This, this gospel is for all people. But in order for you to be saved, you've got to be touched by the grace of God. All the impetus is on Jesus. You see, that's the beautiful thing about this work of Jesus. You don't really bring anything to the table. When you get saved, it's a work that God has done. He has done the fin- He has completed a finished work through His Son, Jesus Christ. And now all of it starts with grace. It ends with grace. And the fact that you're lost and you don't even know you're lost, and, and there's no way you'll know you're lost unless the grace of God come upon your life, visit you, and He takes the veil uh, or the scales off of your eyes, and you see yourself for who you are and who Jesus is. And that is a work of grace. The Bible says that no man can come to to Jesus unless the Father draws him. That's the work of grace. Come on, somebody. The songwriter said it is amazing grace. I say it's astounding grace. I say it's awesome grace. I say it's great grace. I say it's marvelous grace. I say it's a grace that reached down and touched me and changed my life. By grace, you are saved. Not only is it for all, not only is it by grace, but... It's through faith. You place your faith in Christ. You're going to place it in something. You might as well place it in Jesus. Place it in 
Christ. So you're saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. So when we talk about relationship with Christ, we understand it's for all, it's by grace, it's through faith, and it's in Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 tells us very plainly, there is salvation in no one else. Not in the assemblies of God, not in the church of God, not in the church of God of prophecy, not in remnant church, not in water baptism, not in holy communion, not in feet washing, not in church attendance. There is salvation in no one else. There is only salvation in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. i tell you something about this Jesus that I'm preaching today. It gets me excited. You know why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. It reminds me that it was Jesus who called me out. It was Jesus who healed my soul. It's Jesus who rescued me from the darkness of sin. It's Jesus who spoke clarity to turmoil in my mind. It's Jesus that raised me up out of my deadness and my sin and my trespasses. It was Jesus. Come on, somebody. It was Jesus. It was Jesus who made a way out of no way. Jesus. It's Jesus that I preach. It's Jesus. It's the reason I'm standing here today is because of Jesus. I have no reason to be standing here. I have no message. If the message isn't drenched and isn't centered around Jesus Christ, there is no way anybody can be saved. There is no hope for humanity without Jesus. You believe that? For, for all people, it's by grace, it's through faith, and it's in Jesus. This is why we got to tell people. See, not one thing have I said that you have to have, uh, uh, that you have to have some ability to receive Jesus. You have to have no talent here to receive what I'm telling you, this great salvation it's all on Jesus and what he has done. You say, yeah, but pastor, I have to put faith in him. Yeah, but he gave you that faith. He gave you everything you need to get out of where you're at. He gave you faith to place in Jesus. This is relationship with Christ. The second part of this, our mission, is relationship with each other. Now, I'm trying my best to focus today, but there's so much going on behind me. So I'm going to ask you if you can keep the moving down to a minimum. Did you see that picture of my son on Facebook <laughs> when they brought him to Santa Claus? He wasn't amused. <laughs> Somebody put on there, he had his face, you know. Somebody put on there, that is the face that pastor makes when he says, please keep the moving down to a minimum. I'm going to try to refrain from making that face. 
second part of this mission is relationship with each other. Now that you have been saved, we here at Remnant Church want you to have relationship with each other. And this isn't just a suggestion, it's a commandment from God. We must have relationship with each other, those who are saved. We should come together. Here's a reason, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And one person sharpens another. But if all you have, okay, that's to get us, the blood washed, the saved. We sharpen each other. But if all you're hanging around is, if you're iron and all you're hanging around is wood. I don't believe you're being sharpened. I believe you're being dulled. Come on, somebody. And some of you have lost your edge, if you will. Some of you have lost your sharpness, if you will. And you wonder why. And I'm fixing to sound old-fashioned now, okay? I'm about to sound like I'm a holiness preacher, and I am a holiness preacher. Can I tell you something? God is not concerned with you being happy until happy. Until being holy makes you happy. That's what, that's what God is concerned about. And let me just help some of y'all as you step in to 20, uh, 22. Let me help some of y'all because you've been struggling with this, the existence of your salvation. You've been wondering why you hang around people that aren't saved all the time and you're not growing in your walk with Christ. Can I, you think church is just something that you regulate for an hour. It's regulated to an hour and you do it. They sing songs. As soon as you can get out, you get out. But let me tell you something. The church is one of the greatest benefits and tools to, to the body of Christ. Why? Because you can get around people that won't dull you. You can get around people that will sharpen you. That will put the edge back on you. You're in this world, and this world is constantly, Paul would say it like this, conforming you. Think about the blade of, an, of a knife. If you think about how the, if you're that blade that the world is molding you and shaping you, trying to knock the edge off of you. But when you're around brothers and sisters in Christ, just like a blacksmith, they begin to work on the, the blade. They begin to work. You begin to begin sharpen. You, you go back into the fire. There's some things that have to be knocked off of you. There's some things that have to be beat out of you. Hmm? There's some things sometimes that the Holy Spirit has to beat out of us. <laughs> oh, you don't think so? And one way he does this is he wants us to be around people who are living for him. It's so important that we are, listen, what I, let, me, let me explain it to you. When you are getting ready to choose disobedience, you need to be around somebody who says, no, 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 keep, on, keep your eyes on Jesus. 
No, 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 no. I know it would be easy to quit. I know it would be easy to take the easy way out, but hold on to faith. Listen, you need somebody when the doctor says you're sick and this is what's going to happen to you. You've got three months, maybe six months to live. You need somebody that's going to sharpen you, not somebody that's going to help you plan your help you plan your funeral, but you need somebody to say, oh, no, 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 no. I believe God is a healer and I want you to, I'm going to pray with you every night. I'll pray with you every day. I'm telling you, God has the final word. Listen, do you understand? When you want to choose fear, you need somebody to come inside of you and say, no, 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 no. Don't you know God done it last year? Don't you know God done it 10 years ago? And that God 10 years ago is the same God today. Keep your faith in Christ. You need somebody to pick you up when you're down. You need somebody to put the edge back on you when the world is told you. Yeah. And you thought it was just about music. And hearing a message. Right here, look at me. It's not. It's much more than that. And see, this is why we see a great attack on the church right now. Let me explain what I'm saying. Satan, who is the greatest, are y'all listening by the way? Are y'all listening? Satan is a great manipulator. And uh, through this, whatever you want, a pandemic or whatever you, want, you like to call it, people have begun to believe that church isn't important. They begin to believe that there is a, it's okay and I want everybody to listen good. And you who are watching online, you listen good. We begin to believe that church is this, but it's also sitting on my sofa and watching the preacher preach a message. And I'm telling you, those aren't the same thing. That is not what I'm talking about. You say, well, Pastor, why you got cameras in here? Why, why, why y'all doing all that? Because it's an outreach. Because it's an outreach. It's to people that would never come to church. They hear the gospel. It's, and, and then they hear the gospel and they get saved. And you know what? They want to come to church. They want to be in the church. Because it's not the same thing. The Greek word for church is ekklesia. It's the called out one. The ones who call out and assemble together. That ain't sitting on the sofa. And see, Satan has tried to get you, and, and he's got my family members believing that. He's got people, he's got other people believing that it's okay just to watch it on TV. That is not the same thing. I watch more church and I've I've been in more church than I've ever been in. Yeah, but you're not part of the church. You're missing something. You're missing something when you're not together, when you're not letting iron sharpen iron. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it tells us, you know what I'm fixing to say. Let us watch out for one another. You can't do that if you're isolated. You cannot do that. How are you going to do that? If you're not around each other. See, I want to be a pastor that smells like sheep. You got some of these pastors that are a lot more anointed than I am. They're so anointed that they can't get around the church. I guess because their anointing will lose its anointedness. To me, you don't have much of an anointing if you can't get in the middle of the sheep. 
be together. In this thing together. Watching out for one another. Here, why? To provoke one another. Right, listen, you're going to get provoked in this world. But not provoked to do the right thing. Some of y'all work with a boss that provokes you. Some of you live with a wife or a husband that provokes you. Not me. Let me clear that up right now. Not me. But some of y'all do. Let us watch out for one another. Listen, you're going to be provoked in all the wrong ways in this world. But when you come together, when we come together, when we get off the sofa and we come together and we do life together and we're the called out ones assembled together, this is when we do life together, we provoke each other to love and good works. Are y'all reading that with me? That's why it's so important to have relationship with each other. The next verse says, not neglecting. Too much word for you? Not neglecting together, together. 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 As some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging each other. We have to come together. We are not strong, isolated. In fact, we're easy prey for the enemy when we're isolated from the pack, when we're isolated from the church. Another reason why we need to do life together is because relationship with each other serves as proof to the world that we follow Jesus. It's proof to the world. When we come together, it's proof to a lost and dying world that they've got something I don't have. First, or John, excuse me, chapter 13. Verse 35, Jesus said, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Are y'all well, on the same page? The world will know that you follow Jesus. That you are a follower of Christ. That you are his disciple. How? How? They will see the love that we have for one another. But if we're not together, how can they see the demonstration of love? That we have, it isn't say that we have for the world, but that we have for each other. See, I think about how the church grew. And I think about the fact that the early church had no political power. They had no military might. But you know what they had? They had a different type of love. They had a love. And the lost and the outcast would look at them and say, with all that's going on and with famine and poverty, there's something different about this radical group of Jesus followers. This radical group of people who all they talk about is Christ. They talk about a resurrected Savior. They talk about this man named Jesus from Nazareth. And they see the different. They see a love that the world does not have. And can I tell you, church, when we come together, when we lift up the Lord together, when we sharpen each other, there's a world that's saying, I want what they have. Can you give God some praise today if you got what I'm talking about? 
don't you believe the lie for a minute. The ecclesia, the church, the called out ones who assemble together, who gather together, is a powerful force for the kingdom of God. And it's a strength to your relationship with Christ. It is. Look at me. It's a strength to your relationship with Christ. I'm, I'm worried about people who, who downplay and discredit the importance of the church. Because let me tell you how powerful the church is when the church is raptured out. God is holding and damning back the powers of darkness right now. You think it's bad right now? You think it's bad right now? Let me tell you what's damning back the powers of darkness. A grandmama in her prayer closet. A mama who stays at home with her kids and while she's washing dishes, she's praying in the spirit. Uh, a daddy who when he's out there cutting grass and he's got his headphones in his ears where he, he, doesn't, he, he can't hear the mower and he's praying for his children and he's praying for the school and the world they live in. That's a power that this world don't know nothing about. And that power, the power of the church of Almighty God is holding back the fortune of the dark. Well, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, this ain't four songs and a good message. This is the power of Almighty God. This is the power of the church. This is the power of the church. And if we don't come together, Where is the world going to look for the truth? Where will the world look for the truth? <clears throat> the enemy is trying to manipulate, manipulate us. You wonder why churches split. You wonder why the church is under so much attack. Because there's a great power in the church. You wonder why there's so many denominations and factions. You wonder why there's 200 churches in Ware County with a population of 40,000 people and most of them run 15 people. It's because Satan is intimidated and he is scared of the church. Can I remind you that Jesus told Peter upon this rock, upon this rock I'll build my church. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's nowhere this gospel don't work. There's no section of this world that the gospel can't reach. There's no person too lost that the gospel cannot rescue. Are y'all listening to me? This is who we are. This is the bliss of the blood washed. This is who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And this relationship with each other that says, that says, that draws people leads me to the third part of our mission. Relationship with Christ, relationship with each other, and relationship with our community. 
I preached in the beginning of this series that our church should be an inviting church. But we also must be an evangelistic church. And there is a difference. I said there is a difference. Inviting is, is what it says. Come one. Come all. Homosexual, come. Drug addict, come. Speak Spanish, come. Speak English, come. Black, come. White, come. Poor, come. Rich, come. Running for sheriff, come. Running from the sheriff, come. Fresh out of jail, come. Fresh out of college, come. Whatever you've done, come. However long you've done it, come. Whoever you've been hanging with, come. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's the gospel. That's the heart of the Father. Come. But a come without a change. A come without a change. An inviting church that's not evangelistic is not the church of the living God. Oh, we must be an inviting church, but we must be an evangelistic church. What does that mean? Us evangelicals are people who are zealously advocating a particular cause. Oh yeah, that's me. That's me. I am an evangelist. Look at me. Look at me. I'm a missionary. Oh, we got some missionaries right here. Y'all know I'm a missionary? Did you know I'm a missionary? Did you know I'm an evangelist? I am an evangelist. Oh, I thought you were the pastor. No, I'm an evangelist. I'm an evangelist. I got a cause, and I'm not scared to preach it. I'm not scared to share it. I'm not scared to tell somebody. I'm not sc- I got a call. Is there not a cause? Oh, yes, there is a cause, because there is a rugged cross over 2,000 years ago that Jesus shed his blood upon for me and you, that while we were yet sinners, when we were yet sinners, stuck and lost in our sin, Christ, yeah, I'm an evangelist. I am. Call me evangelist. Lancaster. I got so many titles. Pastor, evangelist, missionary, Lancaster. How's that sound? How's that sound? Don't don't call me that. You can call me Caleb. You can call me whatever you want to call me. But I'm telling you this. I'm an evangelist. Not only am I an evangelist, you're an evangelist. 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 Is there not a call? So when I say relationship with our community, I'm not talking about. Okay, come on. I'm not talking about looking good. Come on, come on. Well, make sure you tell people. Make sure the city knows all the people we've helped, and maybe they'll invite you to be on part of their religion board. I don't know nothing about no religion board. Because what I got ain't no religion. What I got, let me go back to mission one. What I got is a relationship with Almighty God uh, through Jesus Christ. When I'm talking about relationship with community, I'm not talking about just going out and feeding the hungry. I'm not talking about a humanitarian effort. 
I'm not talking about clothing the naked or putting shelter and, and, and sheltering those who don't have don't have a don't have a place to live. You're against that? No, I'm not against that. We do that. But if that's all we do, that is not the church. There's too many ministries that will get you fed and fat but not do anything for your eternity. Well, wow, whoopty. Flippin' do. You got them fat and fed for the slaughter. You didn't tell them about Jesus. And maybe they got something over their head and they got clothes on their back, but they don't have this Jesus. And this Jesus makes all the difference. Oh, I'm not against it. Am I against it, Cynthia? Am I against it? Do we help people? Don't we help people? Don't we help people? You know, church, don't we help people? Don't we go out? Don't we pull? I'm not against that. I'm for that. But, friend, that if all we do is feed people and clothe people, but we don't share the gospel with people, all we are is another humanitarian effort. That's all we are. Our message has to be Jesus. But you know what? When we get away from this, you know what we become? We just become a big old referral service. Now, I am really about to sound old fashioned. But did you know some of this you can't change? Did you know I can wear this cool designer Camouflage. <laughs> I'm admit, I tried to look hip today. <laughs> I come out of the office and somebody said, Wow, Pastor, you're looking good today. So thank you. I try to be hip. I try to wear cool, kind of try to wear, it's hard. It's hard finding clothes to fit me that are cool. When I was a kid, I wore husky. You know what that is? Husky. Husky came in two colors. It came in a, 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 a jean color and a brown corduroy color. You know how hard it was to be cool and be husky? To be hip and to be husky? I looked at everybody else in school. They had all kind of colored pants on. They had all the cool clothes. Here I was with corduroy. Here I was with jean. Wearing husky. <laughs> I like being cool. I try to be cool. But not to, at the expense of changing this word. <laughs> huh? Not at the expense of changing this word. And this church, not this church, but churches have become nothing more than a big referral program. You come with a problem and we say, oh, I know a group that can help you. I know some counselors that can help you. Well, I got this problem. Oh, I know a seminar you need to go to. Did you know there's some things that can't be counseled out there are some things that just have to be cast 
out. There are some things, oh, there's some things we throw a pill at everything. And now hear me out. You take pills, okay, great. But I, you're going to listen to what I'm saying. We throw a pill at everything. If you're sad, we give you a pill. If you're too happy, we give you a pill. If you can't focus, we give you a pill. If you focus too much, we give you a pill. If you're fat, we give you a pill. If you're skinny, we give you a pill. We give you a pill for everything. Everything. Don't say nothing, Pastor. Why? Why not? We throw medicine at everything. Let me tell you about a medicine. Let me tell you about medicine. The Bible says his name is as ointment. Medicine. Ointment poured for. You say, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I've been through. Uh, let me tell you something. I know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you've been through, but I sure as heaven know what I've been through. And I know there's been some times that you say, Pastor, you ain't never been through nothing. Let me tell you something. There have been two occasions that the enemy tried to drive me absolutely crazy where I thought I was going to lose my mind and have a nervous breakdown and everything around me was collapsing and I was thinking, have a nervous breakdown. I didn't take a pill. I didn't go talk to a doctor. You know what I begin to talk to? The wonderful counselor, the everlasting father. And I begin to say, See, this is why I know there's power in the name. This is why I know you're talking about medicine. His name is medicine. His name is medicine. I said, Jesus. 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 Gee, I didn't have no prayer to pray. I just prayed. I just, just, just said the name. Jesus. 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 I'm telling you right now, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to know every verse in the Bible. But if you'll understand their power in the name of Jesus, all hell will flee. All demon spirits will have to bow to me. Jesus. That's a mess. I said, that's a medicine. I am that I am. Whatever you need, that's who he is. He is medicine. Is there a bomb in Gilead? Oh, yes. Is there a, a saw, a salve, and an ointment? Oh, yes. That heals and gets down in the side, that brings clarity to mind and peace to turmoil. His name is Jesus. Let me remind you when my daughter, my, my wife, and y'all, y'all get tired of hearing this? Y'all get tired of hearing this? When my wife brought my lifeless daughter in our bedroom, you know who she called on? She didn't call on Remnant Church. She didn't call on her husband. She called on Jesus. Jesus. Well, who else should she have called on? When faced with a dire situation, when staring death in the face, who else should you call on, Tommy? Who else should you call on? 
I, I believe you should probably call on the resurrection and the life. You should call on the giver of life and his name is Jesus. If you're bound today, call out on Jesus. What is relationship with community? What is it? It's proclaiming to those around us that Jesus is what you're looking for. Jesus is that which is missing in your life. And we do it with a boldness. We seek and we pray for Holy Ghost boldness to rest upon us so that we can go out without fear and say Jesus is the answer. Amen. See, I, I got this, Jesus is the answer. But what, I got this and this, Jesus is the answer. I'm not. Come on, come on. There are too many churches today, you'll find them, I can take you to them. And they have a form of godliness but they have no power because Jesus has been extracted. Oh, he might be in the songs and he might be mentioned, but he's not revered and he's not honored. It's cold and it's dead and it's dry. That's not the church. We have the answer for the world. Tuesday night, I stayed up all night. It was Monday or Tuesday. I, I stayed up all night, and I'll do that from time to time. Not setting out to do it, it just, just happens. I'm praying and I'm sobbing. And by the way, did you know you got a preacher that sobs, that spends time with the Lord? Did you know that? That you got a preacher, a pastor, a shepherd of your soul? that doesn't care what other people are doing, they want to hear from Almighty God. That the messages that I preach are stained up with teardrops. And Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was, I was up and I was seeking the face of God. And I just, he reminded me of what he's called me to do. And if he's called me to do it, he's called us to do it. He reminded me that he's called us and me to touch the world from Waycross, Georgia. To, to, to preach to neighborhoods, but also to nations. To, 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 to preach to our communities, but also the four corners of this world. And that this is not a good idea, but this is a mandate from God. He reminded me that he called me to do this, that he called Remnant Church not to be just another church with another steeple, but he called us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. I asked, I asked Jason, Jason comes every Monday. He has for the last several months. We open up God's word. And every Monday I share. We go through scripture 
every scripture. We're in the book of Ephesians right now, line by line. And he come in and it was one of those days where I was locked up in my office. And I forgot even that Jason was coming. And he knocked on the door, it was 5.15 and he came in. And I began to talk to Jason. I said, Jason, I said, do you think I'm driven, passionate? Jason said, you're the most passionate man I know. <laughs> The most driven man I know. I said, it ain't enough. It ain't enough. It ain't enough. Do you hear me? It's not enough until my life is a fasted life. Until prayer is until prayer all night is the normal thing. And when I don't stay up all night praying, then something's going on. And friend, I'm telling you, this isn't a preacher thing. This isn't a pastor thing. But friend, we've got to get a place where we are passionate and we are consumed by the Spirit of God, that we are hungry for God, that everything, 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 everything falls under our relationship with Jesus and the call on our lives. Told my wife this week as we were riding, I said, This isn't it. I said, This is not it. We are not made to just live a normal life until everything pulls us, until the kingdom work is everything, is all we do, until that's what we breathe and we eat. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to, 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 to get in the ministry and work on a pension. And as soon as we can get retired, we retire. I don't get that. I said, that's not us. If that's in your mind, if it's in my mind, we repent. Because God has called us to build a kingdom. To build his kingdom. The kingdom. To preach to a lost and dying world. And he's called you as well. I know the promise. I know the calling of God that's on my life. And I know the calling of God that's on your life. And it's not to take it easy till he comes back. I will say some of you are stricken in years. But there is a lot of land left. God's not through with you. Some of you are young. Let me remind you what Paul told Timothy. Be pure. Don't let nobody despise you because of your youth. You serve God. You remain steadfast. And you remain pure. And I want to tell everybody in between. Everybody in between. God has called you to be an evangelist. He has called you to be a change agent in this world. He has not called you to ride the fence. He has not called you to take it easy. He has not called you to watch people as they slide into hell. But he's called you to speak out. He's called you to open your mouth. He's called you to be the church of the living God.
And I'm asking you right now. I'm asking you right now. Before we jump into 2022, sell out to God. I am not trying to be mean. Worship team, I'm not trying to be mean to you. But I am serious. When I call y'all back in there and, we, and I'm not pulling any punches, it's because it's serious. This work is serious. Teachers, this work is serious. If you stand up behind this pulpit and you have the, the, the honor of bringing God's word, it's serious. Don't you get up here. Don't you stand up here until you bathe whatever you were going to preach in tears. Then you get up here and you say something. If you stand behind this pulpit, I don't care if you sing a song or play an instrument, you better not get up until you've cried, until you've sought the face of God, until bitter tears weep down your face, until you repent. Well, pastor, I don't have anything to repent of. Don't do it. This ain't a game. This ain't a game. This is life or death. Souls hang in the balance. Souls hang in the balance. You say, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a singer. I'm not a... But you are called by God. You are called by God. Every one of us sitting here today, if you're saved, you have the ministry of reconciliation. You are to be screaming to people, shouting to people, telling people, be reconciled unto God. I didn't want to be an average church. I don't want to be no average preacher. I don't want to have an average prayer life. I want to live a sold out life. A life sold out to God. Stand with me all across the building. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Without him, how lost I would be. Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus.
Jesus, there's just something about that name. He is Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. You can go ahead and get me in whatever key you want me to be in. Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. Let me tell you something, church. This thing is too serious to be taken lightly. So you want to have an altar call? As some have already come, you want to have an altar call? Here's an altar call. If everything is not where it needs to be in your life, if it's not in proper order, if it's not in proper place, if some of you are in love with sin, you act one way at church, but you are living a lie, repent. Some of you say, well, it ain't that bad. Well, how bad is it? If it's sin, it's bad enough to repent. If you find yourself trying to take it easy now, if making a dollar is more important than pleasing to God, if, if God has been talking to you and leading you, but you say, I don't have time, the altar's open. You got time, but does God have your heart? Because when God has your heart, you got all the time in the world. You understand the time belongs to Him, it's in His hands. So, right now, the altar calls here. If you need to come talk to Jesus today, if you need to repent today, if you just want to pray today, if you just want to be in his presence today, if you just want to have some fellowship with him today, then come, then come, then come. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.